welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, D. Dillon Bear, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Basson, bringing the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What's good in the wood along with? Dylan Bear and Ryan Griffin. I am Matt Basson. Paul Roshan might join us later. We're still not sure on this one. He's a little locked up in Michigan basketball because the football season is over for him because this past weekend was the game. And like usual over the last 15 years or so, the game went the way of the Buckeyes. And once again, the Buckeyes, after the first quarter, where they let Michigan hang around, that was nice of them, uh, went on to beat the ever-lidden crap out of the Wolverines by a final score of something close to last year when they beat them 62-36. to They actually beat them by more points this year than they did last year while scoring a little bit less overall. But, uh, gentlemen, the Michigan defense, the vaunted Don Brown Michigan defense that had been so good for so many games, once again came up wanting against the Buckeyes, and I don't know what it is. Oh, wait, yes, I do. The Buckeyes are just better. Uh, Apparently, they got better athletes, better players, better coaching, better everything than the Michigan Wolverines. And, Dylan, you have been on this train pretty much since birth, a mix of your Wolverine hatred along with your knowledge of college football, that the Michigan Wolverines are not on the Ohio State Buckeyes level and that the Wolverine Nation, the Walmart Wolverines, need to get over this, accept it, understand that while you are a quote-unquote top-tier program, you're not the top of the top-tier program like, say, Alabama is or Ohio State is or like Clemson has proven to be the last few years. And this is basically what the norm should be, you know? So, yes, I have many different types of allegories, but they all root back to Plato's allegory of the cave. Uh, And it's... I, I would equate what's been happening in the last three days... Because uh, we record on Tuesday, the last three days of the scene in the Matrix where Neo wakes up in the vat and he pulls the <laughs> thing out from the back of his head, he, he, real gnarly. Kind of get oh, he uh, wakes up he, in the real world. Yeah, when it's the real world and he realizes that you know humans are batteries for machines. Now, it's the same concept, and it's a narrative I've been espousing. And to be fair, many Spartans have been espousing for a long time. This is the reality of it. Everyone overreacting and sitting there and saying Jim needs to be fired because he can't beat Ohio State and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, they're getting their ass kicked. Well, look, it's the if you had didn't have the unrealistic expectation in the first place that you were somehow better than you actually were, this wouldn't be the case. You'd be happy with the fact that he's going to win 10 games four of the last five years. That's good enough because that's all you ever have been and all you ever will be. You're losers, just like the rest of us. <laughs> They're not losers. They are losers <laughs> by the statutes of the standard they have set for themselves. They have thought that they are somehow national contenders that are a national brand that should be winning the conference every single year, and that's just simply not the truth. It never has been. It never will be. Well, I mean, it was because... when you were able to share titles. Okay, <laughs> fine. but But when it comes to down to it, 97 and 2006 are exactly what they are for Michigan. You have one team every decade that is going to give you hope. And then they'll crush your soul 
or they won't show up, or maybe they do seal the deal, and then it will regress back to the norm, which is that you will never be what Ohio State is, you'll never touch them, you are a tear down from everybody else, and the reality is you are not a national, cont- national contending perennial team. You are not. You are just like the rest of us, maybe a little better because you win a few more games on average a year, but Colin Coward has been saying it, many national pundits have been saying it, you are a 9.5 to 10 win average program, and that's all you are, and that's all you'll ever be. And it Um, hurts, but it's not Jim's fault this is the case. He's doing as best he can. You're just not as good as you think you are. Like, the 10 wins, I'm sure, would be fine for the fan base that wants him gone if they were able to beat Ohio State even one out of five times. Like, that's the big thing. It's not that he's winning, or it's not that he's not winning 12 or 13 games a year, or not even that they're not winning national titles. They're just not beating the one game that for decades, decades, if they've grown up Michigan fans, which most of them have, they've been told this is really the only game that matters on the schedule. A lot of the times in the past, it was a game that decided the Big Ten. Now, probably moving forward, more often than not, it's going to be a game that decides the Big Ten East. And that, that's why they're upset uh, with Harbaugh. And I understand that. You know, I was thinking, so, like, even with our own program, if Mich- when Michigan State hires a new coach, if he goes 0-5 against Michigan, even if he's averaging 8-9 wins a year, I'm not sure that I want him around. You need to be able to beat the teams that – essentially just the teams that you have to beat to accomplish whatever goals you need. If you win 10 games every year but don't ever win the Big Ten – it's it's fairly hollow uh, for Michigan, and they're never going to be on the level of Alabama. That's not even history. not even on the uh, level of Ohio State. But they're I mean they've won I don't know the number of Big Ten championships, but they've won a bunch of conference championships in the past. And when you bring in a guy like Jim Harbaugh, it's to get you guys back to that level. Nobody said you have to beat Ohio State every single year. But you got to beat them once, and you have to start putting some trophies in the trophy case, and that's why they're frustrated. I don't think he should be fired, uh, but I do think that they do need to make some changes to, uh, you know, you hear the you hear about the gap a lot, right? The gap between them and Ohio State, and it's cliche, but they still need to make some other changes to be able to close the gap to a reasonable enough, um, to basically just to a reasonable enough point that once out of every four or five shit, even like six years, then you can end up beating Ohio State. You can play in the Big Ten title game, and you do have a shot to go to the playoffs because if you have that once-in-a-decade team, the 97 to 2006 team, not, even the 2006 team lost to Ohio State, right? So even if you get those yep. once-in-a-decade teams, yeah, but not by you need lot. to be able – okay, you still <laughs> no, lost. 42-39, I think. Just like in, uh, what, 2016, they didn't lose by a lot, but they still lost. Right, but you right. need to be able to get it's you need to be able to get over that hump to eventually get where you want to go. You can't go big time titles. My point is, and the point of what I've been saying is that 2016 was another once in a decade team that was very special in that they could accomplish a lot, and it all boils down to a player two, which is all you can ask for. And for everybody who is now going you, to counter you can ask for and wins. sit there and say that. Hmm? He said, you can ask for wins. That's okay. But again, but again, everybody who looks back at that game and everyone always laments, oh, well, you should have just had the stop on fourth down. Like, oh, well, you shouldn't have uh, had to have it rely on a spot. Well, at the same time, Michigan also had two picks that were horrendous, and they were still almost able to win that game. Like, that's who they are, and that's what they are as a program. 
And there are a lot of programs that are a lot more successful than they are. The perception is one that the Band-Aid is being torn off. And the only part that's going to be any different, and it's what we have all been talking about, is what we're waiting on for Mr. Roshan and any of these other intellectual Wolverines, is that in two years' time, when Jim has no more excuses left of any semblance, and they can finally accept that they are closer to Texas than they are to Ohio State. And right now, the perception still remains that they are still a top-flight program. I contend that they are just like Nebraska and Tennessee and Texas, and that they are has-beens who live in a past that didn't really exist in the first place. And when it comes time, and it's been this long without relevance, that perception will be gone for good. It'll be dead. But right now, the common fan is starting to see it, they don't like the image of it, and they're looking for somebody to blame. Jim's doing as best as he can. Now, whether you think that's good enough or not, that's really more based on what you perceive the potentials of Michigan's, Michigan football to be. Now, I, my perception is they will never be anything close to what anyone thinks they are. So anybody who's going to get them 9 or 10 wins a year, that's good enough for me, just from obviously an outsider perspective. Because that's all these jokers are and have been. And anyone who's pissed nah, off, you're not an outside gotta, perspective. Get, get, you're an anti-perspective. Right? Let's be fair. You hate Michigan trophies. football almost as much as anything you hate. Yeah, eloquent. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't put it at the very, very top because there's a lot of things you hate, and I don't know your exact levels. But I do know that Michigan football is up there. Yes, but it's and, because of this exact thing I'm talking about. They have been dishonest for too long. Now the honesty is coming out, and Ohio State, to their credit, is doing as damn well as they can to wake them up. And then I will be the machine that tries to attack them when they wake up from their dream and they're inside the vat. I'll flush you down because you can't handle reality. That's fine, but it is what it is, and they're finally starting to see it. It's painful. And it should be, because you've been sold a bill of goods. Uh, I don't think they were sold it. I think they were part of the selling it. I think all the Wolverine fans that have bought into the history hype they were selling it with Brady and Hulk. continued Everyone on the from here. their fathers and their fathers and their fathers before them, who were used to, first of all, Michigan owning this rivalry because they really did. The fact that Ohio State is on this eight-year winning streak and also winning, uh, let's see, the last uh, six or so before they that winning streak started at eight after the Wolverine win in 2011, Michigan still is winning this rivalry. They still have five, uh, seven more wins, excuse me, than Ohio State does, despite the Buckeyes winning 14 out of the last 16 years. 15, really, for whatever reason, they discredit NCAA violations. I think that was the tattoo scandals. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. You can do it all you want. Ohio State still thumped Michigan that year, 37-7. to seven. It used to be a game. And this is the yeah, game. But, uh, but is, I don't know, agree with that. One. It's, it's above. It's Auburn, not, It's though. above the Iron Ball. It's this above is Duke another narrative. But it is. But here's the thing. For you, it's not. But here's the thing. But for years, for 50 but that's, years, this is the it problem. Is. It's just the game. There was a lot. There's a lot of hype. Of course, the, no, it's, it's always a, the it's, problem. It's the narrative I mean, it's, that's at the same dishonest. time. The game was a game. The last couple of years, this well, game has not years. been a game. We're talking about almost two decades now. And again, this is part of the problem. 
This is no, but even in those games, it was a game a lot of everything surrounding this program is it's dishonest. It is not the best rivalry in sports, and it was proven on Saturday. The Iron Bowl was substantially better, more competitive, and actually had a result that people weren't, you know, asleep for after lunch. Oh, yeah. It certainly helps when one team is missing their Heisman quarterback. <laughs> I really honest. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, mean I, uh, yeah, Auburn, of course it was Auburn, the Alabama game. is a better rivalry than Michigan-Ohio State, but that is. doesn't mean Michigan-Ohio State No, but no, matter. no. I'm talking in the sense that everyone acts like the the game, uh, the most pretentious ass name in the entire f***ing world, that, oh, my God, the game is the greatest thing in college football, best rivalry. No, it's not. It's not even a rivalry anymore, and it's not going to be. Yes, uh, it is. Clearly, it's not, because they're not. No, it, it is. So, I mean, dude, so Urban Meyer had a quote where his biggest thing at Ohio State, besides beating, or even more so than winning the national title in 2014, his number one accomplishment he was proud of, was at the time he was 7-0 and against Michigan, and I think that's all he won. But beating Michigan seven times and having that record meant more to him than the national championship. And you even saw Justin Fields, who's been at Ohio State not even a year, out there talking shit, talking about we take it more seriously than they do every year. And he's only been there one year. So to the players and coaches, it still matters. That's what but, makes it a rivalry. It, is these a teams, game, two teams but still a game mattering d- does not make it a rivalry. Genghis Khan, Genghis yes, Khan did not have a rivalry with China. He dominated them. He cared about it, but it sure as shit wasn't something that was uh, described as a rivalry. Again, 15 out it's of 16 years, we've ha- known the result, and it's not well, going so to So would you say Duke and Michigan State have a rivalry? Because you made that point before in basketball. I mean, we've at least beaten them in recent past, so Yes. Mean them like twice. So that's what I matters to you. No, what? <laughs> that's what matters to you. A recent no, win. No, what I what I care about is the fact that the two teams actually are at least on a on a relatively level playing field and are at least trading blows. When I see one team beating the piss out of the other, and it's not nah, going usually, to change. Usually runs the. I'm just saying, Auburn, Auburn, and Alabama has been extremely competitive, and also. Yes, they've, they've it's, traded it's blows. And whether you want to say, oh, well, Tua wasn't playing. Okay, I'll give you three other examples of Auburn upending Alabama and also winning national titles and SEC titles. That's the difference. This is the narrative that you are perpetuating again that Michigan is, oh, this highly touted program about this big rivalry. Well, no, they're not. They're like everybody else slinging in the mud. They're no better than us. They never have been. And this is just the truth this is the this is the final regression to the mean that everyone needs to see and i'm glad ohio state is bringing it to them and it won't stop either that's the other thing we seem to be forgetting this is the start this isn't going to get better i don't think anyways this is not going to get better so you want to sit there and say which is why they want jim to leave okay (laughs) because it's not going to get better but i don't think it's going to matter whether jim's there or not they're going to get destroyed no matter what it's going that this is the reality. You're not changing it by firing him. That's the di- that's the difference between how I'm reacting to this and everybody else's. Is and to be fair, Paul comes after from it from a different way. That oh well, Jim's just not there yet. He doesn't have the pieces. Well, no, that's bullshit, and we all know the reasons why. But hey, I don't think Paul made that argument recently. I mean, he literally said Don and him have said national title 2021. Which I scoff at the very notion that Michigan will ever compete for a national title ever again. But Jim being fired or not 
it, it won't matter. You are what you are, and it doesn't matter who's in your seat. This is your reality. So you either accept it and keep a guy that's apparently pretty good for the darn program. If you beat him once. Or you can fire him, hire another Michigan man, and rinse and repeat and do this again. It's up to you. I just don't see a point in restarting this process all over again. I just want him to basically. I just want Jim to be there long enough because what you're doing well, is because working. I just want Jim to be there long enough so that every single one of the rest of the holdouts will finally admit exactly what I've been saying this whole time. Well, not work, not working in this regard. It's working. It's working pretty well everywhere else, as far as Michigan and, and Harbaugh land go. I you ask. Well, I think fi- that's why when you hear a lot of like the firing, it's it's a lot of like the older. Well, at least. In, in my circle of people, a lot of the younger fans back Harbaugh and a lot of the older Michigan fans I know it's don't. they know the uh, truth. Anymore. Be, well, no, it's because the older – oh, you're saying the younger fans on the Yeah, team? the – I mean, it's because the older fans saw their teams beat Michigan at least sometimes or saw their team beat Ohio State. I just think that the younger, the younger fans, fans are have more – have just never grown up with that, so you can never – Because they know the <laughs> truth. never want Because they've seen what their program actually is in the 21st century. All the old heads want to go back to the old ways. That didn't exist in the first place. That's the that's, – Well, no, I mean, their program no, is defined There's by – plenty of evidence of Michigan Hogue dominating either. Ohio State for, you know, decades. And also, when you say decades, are you including? I mean, the... you'd have to to have a thirty-game cushion and lose twenty in a row and still. Be I just am like confused when you say that they dominated them for decades. Is this before or after black people were allowed to play? Uh, this included the middle end of the eighties and into the early nineties. That's not decades. So, that... You're talking. You're talking. Well, I'm saying go like... back and look in different decades. There's plenty of times where Michigan has dominated Ohio State. Yes, a lot of it was early. They started with a 15-0-2 record, or 13-0-2 in their first 15 uh, games against Ohio State. They did that so for They won 13 everyone. of the first 15. Yeah, that's what they did back in, you know, 1897 through 19 pre-World War I happening. All right. But it's still a... But, <laughs> I'm looking. I understand. Right. I understand. What the record? Go ahead. Enjoy. Uh, well, um, no, I the longest winning streak in this thing is still like nine. They have, the Ohio State will tie it next year when they beat Michigan, apparently. Huh. But your take on rivalries cracked me up because I want to drop you in Boston pre two thousand three and tell the Red Sox that the Yankees aren't their rival. I'm over that one too. <laughs> they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I hate that shit. It's so freaking annoying. So in, your, in, puts them so in your mind, a rivalry can't ever have one side dominating the other. It needs to be fairly even throughout. I'm talking more specifically about how this rivalry is perceived. I'm not saying it's not a rivalry, but it's not the best in the sport, and it's not close. The Iron Bowl is a, is the best rivalry in the sport because it is far more exemplary of what a good rivalry looks like. This is not. I mean, it's this lo- is this is assault. It's losing its luster now as the best rivalry in the sport, and I, I I don't think it is. But I've heard less and less people say that. Say what? Say that Michigan Ohio State is still the best rivalry. I mean, in college you football. just said it. So. <laughs> no, I did. I know I said didn't. that it was better than the Iron Bowl. Those were your exact words. No, I did not. No, I did Maybe not. Maybe it was one of you two did. One of I, you two I, said it was better I, than the Iron I Bowl. I literally said the Iron Bowl was better. All right, well, my bad. Matt, you're the villain then, apparently. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, currently, right now, absolutely. The Iron Bowl has produced a better product. 
but there are plenty of examples of decades where it was the exact opposite and it was the game which was the game but there's a bunch of these people can give it and say that it's the best one that's fine doesn't everyone has to agree with it you clearly do not i think i army navy's better they have an entire weekend just themselves and it has far better pageantry and again at least it's you know much more competitive I'm also looking, I am looking now at what you were talking about. Um, I mean, from the 60s to the 70s, Ohio State clapped that ass. And then mm-hmm. Michigan from 1980, Ohio State won one, two, three, four, five, six times until 2000. And then they tied once in 92. So, there's sure. also, I mean, look, there's also history in this that has been long forgotten unless you are actively involved in this rivalry that you are choosing to ignore, which adds to the rivalry. The fact that, you know, Ohio State's best assistant, Bo Schembechler, left him after being with him for a very, very long time and coming to already the rival. Ohio State already hated Michigan. Michigan already hated Ohio State. And oh, so Woody Hayes' top guy said... I'm going to win a national championship without you. And I'm going to do it at your most hated rival at a place where you won't even pay for gasoline. Woody Hayes would not pay for gas in the state of Michigan. Yeah. You about to <laughs> run out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> but that's rivalry thinking. That's rivalry thinking. That's not normal thinking. That's right, screw that these could... guys. Screw this state. Screw that God, team up a, North. What a fucking dumb old man. I will pay for gas when we get back to my state of Ohio. Oh, and yeah, that's involved in this rivalry state. that you seem to hate so much. Now. No, again, what I hate is the narrative that it is the best because it touts up Michigan as a program higher than what they deserve. That's all I'm saying. Oh. That's what I was that's saying the whole time. The I hate it because I you think... You said it, a lot of different stuff. I was supposed to take that exact sentiment from it yes, all? Yes, because all I was trying to say uh, do is undermine the fact that it is not the best in the sport, and it's not close to the best. I've never thought that. Because it's one-sided. And because one side dominates the other. My whole point of mentioning that is it brings back to the narrative that I had mentioned previously. That Michigan is somehow higher up than they actually are. They're false prophets. They're false gods. And people are finally starting to see the light. Well, I mean, you're talking about a team that for the longest time touted the note of, you know, won the most games in college football. Good for you. Again, right. I'm not saying, I'm saying they touted that. Like, this is Michigan. I, they're they're counting wins where they beat the deer the, the Dearborn sakes. Country Club. I, 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 there are actual teams that they <laughs> otherwise known as Michigan like State that. University. No, not that. Like <laughs> no, they were, they were going up against like the Gross Point like sports club and shit like that. And again, there were no there was. You can say what you want. We're on a two game winning streak, man. <laughs> What's Michigan streak? L one baby. <laughs> uh, well, you know we may. We may start seeing Paul here in a minute, considering the start that Michigan's having against Louisville. Yikes. Oh, please. Oh, yikes. Oh, minutes of the game. Well, appa- apparently, he just pulled into uh, his oh, driveway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, I don't know why he wouldn't just say he wasn't going to be home. <laughs> that would have been a much more, like, reasonable uh, request to, like, delay the cast a little bit. <laughs> right? Oh, Jesus. Well... Like, hey, I'm not going to be home Do you guys have any narrative threads in this game outside of that? Obviously, the game itself. Uh... No, oh, uh, no. One thing I mentioned on the um, the post game with uh, you know, the post game on Facebook was as far as like 
even just down brown goes i expect if there's anyone that's going to be a scapegoat and if there's anyone people place a lot of blame on it might be don brown and now that uh boston college has opened up there, i don't know if it'd be like a backroom dealing but hey don <laughs> you want to go closer <laughs> to your home anyway <laughs> you can uh you can just go on over to boston college and be their defensive coordinator maybe even be their head coach except the dude's fucking like 75 so he probably doesn't want to go out recruiting but uh, yeah, so basically what I said was you got to get a defensive coordinator who they just have a better game plan to stop what Ohio State does. So even if you're not blowing out Rutgers by 50, if you only put up a 30 spot on Rutgers because your defense isn't being like as aggressive, that might help you later down the line in the games where you do absolutely just get, uh, you know, kind of ran all over. See, I don't... But that was it. I, th- I think Donnie, Donnie Mustache might be – uh, not long for this state anymore. I think in this part of it, you just have to be a little bit in Dylan's uh, side here of just accepting the fact that Ohio State's Alabama and Michigan, you are Auburn, LSU, Florida, Georgia. No, take see that state. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, definitely Auburn. not Auburn. Oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> LSU too. Finish what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> no. You have to accept the fact that they are this top tier that you are trying to get to. And trying to get there doesn't always guarantee you have the athletes on the field equal to them to get there. And these last two years especially, it's just looked like, along with game plan, that Ohio State's better at every part that mattered to, you know, decimate Michigan. And <laughs> to the game before the lunch, <laughs> since its birth. I mean, look, you got a running back that's marching his way to the top of Ohio State's running back lists. And that's a hell of a list. Um, And a transfer quarterback who was leading Georgia before he left Georgia, you know, mixing in there with Jake Fromm. So you're getting great players to go with the great players you already have. And Michigan has great players, just not as great of players. And... I mean, you don't always have to. You can have worse players. Right. Than I know you we've can. Done, we've done that. But the problem is, once. We, in fairness, the pro- <laughs> you don't have to do it every the prob- year. Give me one. The problem that we they have were close though. But that's win. the thing. Like they were close a couple years ago. They haven't been close the last two years. Right. Well, good thing you I, were again. I mean, you you asked you to exactly be to win in a blowout? blowout. Like right. And and again, we are also uh, you can we win are also come, overtime. Uh, guys, Jesus Christ here. Come on now. Double overtime. We're also running into an issue. We are kind of tainted because we have seen lesser teams with lesser programs beat Ohio State. Yeah, our Spartans. I mean, we've seen <laughs> we've seen lesser teams everywhere beat other teams. Jim did it at Stanford against USC. No, but USC was on such the start of the, already that decline. That was where Pete Carroll was like, "All right, but that Stanford coming team, down. that yeah. Stanford team didn't have any type of the talent that USC did. They had Andrew Luck. That's also not that's a, that's also not true because that Stanford team wound up winning like ten games that year. Oh, ten games. I'm just saying. Sound like a <laughs> all right, all right, Jesus. I, again, I'm all right. Whatever. Look, point being is I think. Joining the podcast, Bob. <laughs> we are just in an issue. That's one only thing I've been kind of tripping up about is that, like, obviously I've said my piece about, like, the state of the program or whatever, but, like, the, the point of losing to Ohio State five in a row, it is kind of relevant because we haven't had that issue. And we touched on this in a podcast before, and I don't buy the garbage that, oh, well, Ohio State doesn't care as much about you, so therefore that's why you've won. That's not true because the 2013 team that we beat, I contend, is the best Ohio State team this decade. 
They're bad. Well, we beat I, them in the Big Ten championship. Right. And I think I mean that, that's 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 the argument for right there, at least of saying, look, we beat them when they were given their all. Because it was the Big Ten Championship, right. and it was their right to move. And the forward. other game, they had to win to go to the I'm Big Ten. I'm aware. Championship. But, Look, I'm not but saying they're not they thinking were, about it year round like they are the Michigan game. Right. It is different, but again, well, and you don't think Michigan's not thinking that, year round? Of course my, they are. Well, that's, that's what I'm, the problem. I'm saying. This is why this is the rivalry. Is because all year they're thinking about each other. It's not yes, the rivalry. You say that. You say that one more time. This team a little bit here. Then lose they by will, five and not by twenty. You don't. They're always thinking about each other. That's called Spartan code fans de- need to get over this. That, that's called codependency. We but, decide ho rivalry. It's okay. But no, again, my point of bringing that up was that it, Ryan d- is making a point that I don't. I don't have an answer to, which is okay. Well, Jim shouldn't be fired, but also shouldn't he be reprimanded for losing five in a row? Well. In fairness, if as Spartans, as pretty much everybody who listens to this podcast is one or the other, all of us have seen us beat fantastic Ohio State teams with much less than what Michigan has to offer. So how am I going to sit there and say, oh, well, Jim shouldn't be fired because losing to Ohio State is just the norm, but then he loses five in a row? Like, I don't know how to answer that question. It, it is challenging to not even win once like, like, not even have a forty percent ratio in the last sixteen years. Okay, I don't know how to answer that. that. Like Look, people talk about they how had good. that one game. They don't have the win for it, but you can't act like they haven't had that one game. That but double one, overtime but, loss was that one game. They just on the wrong side of it. Fine, that's still two out of fi- sixteen, though. Get on the right side. But of again, it. that's also two out of sixteen, though. We have as Michigan State multiple wins. It's not like one or two. We've beaten Ohio State we like have four times. Three. Isn't, isn't I think it only it's three. Two? No, we beat them four times. Oh, did we beat the Fickle team? We did not beat. We we didn't beat Urban Meyer four times. We beat Urban three. No, I think twice. we beat Urban three times. We beat Once Urban twice. It oh, what? was it just twice? What? Let me look. Yeah, twenty thirteen and uh, fifteen. Here we go. Let's take a look here. Well, we don't. We also don't play them anymore. right. Right. Well, right. And there was the weird shakeup before the current so, shakeup. Like, where it was the legends division and legends baby and the- <laughs> three times three t- three times my bad so since beat what? urban twice yeah three times since what like 2011 so, I mean, since yeah since 2010 we've beaten them three that was times. the fickle yeah, team correct. right yeah one of one of them was probably against the which team. which but, is uh, i mean so that's the other point like nobody gives obviously d'antonio heat for not beating urban meyer or even Ohio State, and why would you? One, they're not rivals. But two, he's only done it twice, and they've probably or three times, and they've probably played like ten since he's been um, here. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eleven times. See, he's so he's three he's three and eight. If you give if Harbaugh is three and eight in eleven years, people will rejoice. That just means he has to win See, three of the next. But here's stuff. the thing: in the Michigan Ohio State rivalry, no, you fired. If you three and eight in your first eleven years as head coach of Michigan, your first eleven years, you've been here for a decade plus, and you three and eight against Ohio State. Go look in the history of their coaching. You fired, but that's like, because. That's... But again, but <laughs> well, but not because because nobody even got. Wait, wait, to who was the dude before? Who was the dude before Jim Tressel? Um, he had a he was a, he was a decent Gary head coach, Mo- but he didn't. No, not Gary Moore. But he didn't beat Michigan. Uh, Cooper. Cooper, yeah, that's no, it. You're, yeah, but he was there 13 years. He was what, 2 10 and 1? Yeah, he was really yeah exactly. You fired. That's what I'm saying. Years. So 3 and 11 or 3 and 8, you on your way to being fired. <laughs> but again, 
Nah, because then it's because then he'd have to win three of the next six, and if he wins three of the next six, bro, he'll be crowned as the greatest. <laughs> so I am of all just time. confused on how to answer the question. I don't know if I have an answer because it's it's contrasting things. I shouldn't. We shouldn't expect them to beat Ohio State very much, but they should at least beat them once or twice or three or four. I, I say forty percent should be a good metric to have, right? Forty percent against forty percent would be we should like the Michigan Ohio State rivalry, like the Michigan Michigan State rivalry. Except in this case, Ohio State is Michigan, and Michigan is Michigan State. That's fine. So there you go. It's tears down. It, it's scaling. So a 40% clip. So therefore, we still have an issue on our hands where even there, Michigan isn't even le- isn't even You're living gonna up. You're going to tell the country club they're not a country club? Good luck. I already – that's what I've been saying and this honestly, whole time. If, if you can <laughs> – like if you can get them twenty percent of the time, because that twenty percent will probably put you in the Big Ten title game, <laughs> and then it gets you like two playoff appearances in ten or fifteen years. That that might be good enough to satisfy them. Forty percent would be like insane though. If you can beat Ohio State at a forty percent clip, hats off. Well, that's you. all the more reason why I said moving forward, I think it's going to get even worse. Like Michigan, Michigan is going I th- to, to. I think the falter. bare minimum. I think the bare minimum should be twenty. Get one out of five. Okay. If you get five years at Michigan, just beat Ohio State. I just uh, – and, okay, almost try it. this is the thing, though, that, again, because Matt says it's the rivalry, I hate which I hate that. Uh, it, we're just sitting here talking about the rivalry in college football, the one that's supposed to be the best of all. Of all. And we're talking about it, one of the com- of the competing teams at 20% is our expectation of what's good enough. That's proof. Well, it's a down to decade. Proof of exactly what I'm saying. It's a bad time for one team and a good time for the other. Don't act like it hasn't happened in the past. But I don't think that it's somehow shifting. Like I think it's getting worse. Ever in your future, in the future of college football, you don't think there's ever going to be a time where Michigan is near that top program and Ohio State's chasing them. I, I don't think they'll ever beat them like 18 out of 20 times. That's why I. I think. But that's why I said 40 percent. If it's still 18 out of 20. But that's again why I said 40 percent because that is a more than fair metric for a team that should be a tier two program. If you're a tier two program, you should be able to beat your rivals 40 percent of the time at the least if they're a tier above you. Texas, they they beat the Texas should be beating Oklahoma 40 percent of the time. Notre Dame should be beating their rivals 40% of the time. Okay, but that's, Oklahoma's I mean, that's re again, that's recent. Go look back. There's plenty of times where Texas dominated. I don't care about the <laughs> past shit changes that- you are doing exactly what Michigan people keep doing. I don't care utah has a chance to play for a national title so all you do Shit is live in changes. the changes no i'm talking about what i i don't care when i'm talking about a program's trajectory <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right now i don't care of anything before 2000 because guess what your oh, arguments right now should apply to tennessee and nebraska and texas but where the shit are they right now they are bottom feeders and they are not coming up for water tennessee is dead forever nebraska as i predicted by the texas way nice job Big Scott title Fox. game last year where are they now I mean, there's, there's also he, <laughs> they had a bad year jesus too. i mean they've lost four games every year since 2010 stop it there's heat on herman and Pelini got fired so those schools have made some changes. He's got to wait, even though they did extend. They the they are 
Maybe Dad, it's maybe it's that hometown. Those discount. programs are doing the exact same thing you're doing right now, talking about oh history. Remember back in '95 when oh, Nebraska was winning national titles? You should. I never said that for business. I'm talking about no, for we, how it's perceived. We, we spent too much time on this bum ass. <laughs> it's only. I mean, that's the only. Let's talk about college football playoff. Yeah, talk about their basketball team that looks better than. Uh, <laughs> Well, not, well, well, oh, you, oh, you mean, right oh, you mean how but, Paul's not going to be showing up because his program is coming back down to earth finally? About how we shouldn't overreact after seven games? Had, had a good week. A right? game. <laughs> right. Like, like he's sitting here acting like, oh, my God, they're all of a sudden the greatest. This is why I wasn't concerned about Michigan State losing two games already. I don't care because this is the exact kind of shit I'm talking about. Michigan jumps to number four in the AP, and they're already going to lose their first game there. Well, I mean, they're undefeated with some ranked wins well, over I mean, them. It's, in this it, was, it was like, a deserved. It was a deserved. Yeah, it wasn't um, just because their name was Michigan. But that like, doesn't they mean there's along the way. But that doesn't mean there's anything there that you should be projecting to this level moving forward. They're clearly better than we thought, but that doesn't okay. all of a sudden mean they're a top this isn't five team in the shit. country. This is saying, hey, this week. Michigan seven and zero, and all the other teams lost. But you know that's not how Paul's been acting. He's been acting like all of a sudden Jawan Howard is Christ on high, despite the fact that the NCAA is going to take all these wins away Why anyway. Why do you care what Paul? How Paul reacts? Paul says one thing and does another all the damn time. <laughs> Rep free, baby. <laughs> Seriously, that man lives in your house. No, I just I'm, well, we're talking about Michigan right now. That is why the whole reason we're talking about college basketball right now in the first place is because he wanted to. I don't care right now. I do not care to talk about college basketball until January because other than the fact that some mid-majors have been – I've really liked how they've been playing Dayton specifically amongst them. I've really liked how they've looked, and shout out to my Chi-Town team, DePaul, for being undefeated, should be in the AP Top 25 for what they've done so far. Other than that – I, I, like, what are we supposed to pull from this? Why are we talking about college basketball this early? You two answer that question. Because the last two battle for Atlantis well, champions became once. national champions. <laughs> That's right, and that totally, totally matters. <laughs> the The other thing which is really interesting about, like, Michigan, though, is I understand why the fans are hyped, mainly because nobody expected it. Even their fans didn't expect they them don't have to basketball fans. Be, uh, be top five. Um but, you know, last year they started off 17-02, and 02, and, they, you know, they didn't win the conference. They got to the Sweet 16, which is still, of course, a respectable year, and they lost to the team that ended up defend or rep, being a representative, at least in the national title game. But so it's not like something that you haven't seen before. And I said this early last year, too, and kind of throughout the season, probably until about, like, January or February, is Michigan State lost a couple games early last year, and Michigan obviously got off to the hot start. And my whole thing was, I'm not sure that Michigan is going to play this well again. And I'm not sure Michigan State was going to play that poorly right. again. And Michigan State really, I, I didn't watch the Virginia Tech game, oh, so I don't know bad. if they played it bad. bad. I'm, I'm assuming they did because they lost to Virginia Tech. But they'll probably not play. A, they had a stretch last year where they lost like two or three games in a row. Or three or four, something crazy like right. that. And I don't think this is going to be on that level. We'll learn. We'll learn more about their, how their early season is going uh, once they play Duke tonight. And then by the time the podcast comes out, it'll, of course, be out there for, for everyone to see. But Michigan's, of course, played at a higher level. And one thing that maybe uh, myself even like underrated coming into the year was how much the team was going to 
really enjoy playing for Juwan Howard. I didn't think they'd, of course, hate the man. It's because he he seems like he's got some some charisma and moxie to him. But, you know, from watching the game, specifically the two in the Battle of Atlantis where they played Gonzaga and then North Carolina, you know, they they seem really, like, inspired to play for him. They they play hard just like they played hard for John Beeline, and that's probably something that I didn't see to this extent coming into the year, which, you know, if you're going to do more projections moving forward, then they're probably a little bit higher than, uh, than, of course, you thought they were. And it's not like these early games don't mean – they don't mean anything as far as how good your team is, but they do still count for seeding. So if Michigan's on the verge of a two and a three and they're battling against a team like Kentucky or a team like Gonzaga or a team like North Carolina, they're going to take those head-to-head wins in account and they can bump them up or down the seed line. And I know Paul doesn't think that seeding matters in the tournament. I do. I do think it's about who you play and who you match up against. And that could be the difference between drawing a team like Kentucky in the second round or drawing a team like, shit, I don't know, uh, Virginia Tech or something like that where you have a way easier game because you're now just because you have that little extra higher number uh, in front of your name because you did start off the season so well. Yeah, to what you were referencing about State before, they had a stretch. Uh, It was actually right at the beginning of February where they lost at Purdue against Indiana and then at Illinois, a bunch of hapless teams at the time. Um, And, yeah, it seemed bad for a second, but again – I just don't understand why we're talking about this game in early December. What about Michigan State? Am I supposed to, because number one, what am I supposed to be concerned about Michigan State about right now? For real, what what is the fact that they can't shoot? I'm the ball? not worried about that now because again, it's it, everyone is acting like somehow guys can't improve. Like Hashes has not been very good. I don't expect him to be this bad moving forward. Till Tillman yeah, same but, way. I mean, it's only it's only not him that's not shooting. But well. again, these are and you know as well as I do, this rotation has more guys that are starting young dudes who didn't even see the floor last year or minimal minutes at most. This is what this team is going to look like right but, now. But just because you just because you can get better doesn't mean you don't talk about early season anything. But I, I used to but, talk about the NFL after the first couple games, and then but you know guys can get better. How many people were shitting on Kyler Murray after week one for no reason when he died? Let's Lions? put it this way: Are you after seeing Michigan State through seven games? Is there anything that you are legitimately moving forward concerned with them about? And I'm talking yeah, serious. Shooting the three. Like to the point where you are sitting there saying that it will ruin their season if they don't get better. Yeah, outside shooting. I just don't think that that's something that I, I have much concern about right now. I mean, okay, again, you have, but here's the thing. We lost guys who had I it. Mean, we, so we I just heard like from. you were not getting Langford yeah. back. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Year. I'm not surprised. I was expecting that news again. Right. You were fine last year because you had better Yeah, Matt McQuaid ain't here. Again, Goins there's here. all these young kids that are starting that you're expecting that to make that there. jump. Yes, you think it's just growing pains. Right, but they're not just going to start shooting 45% from three. Like, you can get better, but they kind of have to I'm get just, a lot after better. After through seven games, when I have a rotation that has a four to five guys that are getting minutes they did not see at all before, I'm going to expect them to improve, yes. And I'm also going to expect the guys who are coming back, Henry Tillman and Winston specifically, to play substantially better than they have because they have been playing not good so far. 
and I fully expect them to go back to form. I'm not concerned about it. In the minute that Michigan State reels off 10 wins in a row, just like they did last year, everybody is going to come back with this. There is a well, reason course. they were preseason number one, even with the I mean, That's because you'll get to play Northwestern, then Rutgers, <laughs> then Minnesota. Oh, you mean that, that game at Oakland on set on uh, December 14th that we're going to? Well, no, nah, they're they're getting their ass whooped, <laughs> but from Wait, then tickets on, tickets are fourteen bucks, my guy. I'm just saying, you got name right. Fourteen bucks to watch Oakland run roughshod. <laughs> so I I will highlight so a team class. that I think moving into the NCAA tournament is going to be a team that's going to be extremely exciting to watch, and I've mentioned them multiple times already off air and now on and that is the Dayton Flyers who played a fantastic game against Kansas now whether or not they won it again not really concerned I'm more so am just seeing how a roster mm, filled with transfers older guys uh, um I think it's OB Toppin I I, I always want to say Abby I don't know why but Toppin is his name. He's a forward for them. He's averaging. Oh, his name you want to get right, but you don't give a damn about Chuba Hubbard. It's Chuba because it sounds way better. (laughs) I understand it sounds better, but it's not. It sounds way better. But no, Dayton is a fantastic team who, for anybody who's a big college basketball head like myself, Anthony Grant, the guy who made VCU what it was way back in the day and upset uh, Duke back in 2006, he. Finally, after wasting his time with SEC basketball, is back at a mid-major, and the Flyers are looking pretty good with a seasoned coach and a roster filled with guys, including a transfer from Michigan. I believe his last name is Watson, if I'm not if I am not mistaken. Um, yeah, E. B. Watson. Uh, he is a junior, six-five guard. Uh, he he has a propensity to just launch it from three. Uh, I think the Flyers are going to be a team come March Madness that people are really going to want to keep an eye on. Well, I mean, Dayton's done this. No, done this for plenty of years. Second best not team in Ohio. Not in this Ohio. level. Though. My Ohio State boys. What do you mean not at this level? This is a team that's gone to Sweet 16s. I think this team is is more is going to be more nationally ranked and relevant than what Flyer teams have been in the past. And again, having Anthony Grant is just such a plus for them. You just it's love slandering so that Miller name, don't you? I don't think he's Start good. With Sean, at now you're going to have to Archie. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't think Archie Archie Miller's a good coach at all. At all. But Dayton no. was so good under him. <sighs> okay, your your conception <laughs> of good here is kind of frustrating. <laughs> like. You relax here, my guy. Like they they made one elite eight and then they kept getting bounced. Like, come on now. <laughs> Anthony Grand is is turned a fourteen and seventeen team. They were twenty one and twelve last year, and they're going to be even better this year. They they are finally going to be reaching the stride consistently that they should have been at under Archie Miller. I mean, I'm just saying this is a team that's made the tournament. Six times in the last, no, five times in the last nine years. It should be better. And especially in an Atlantic 10 where there's going to be a lot of shifting parts because the Big East is finally restoring the roar in the way that I have wanted. And the man goes 100. With uh, with Georgetown's uh, players going to do it. <laughs> I didn't ask for that. You slandering my guys over here. But no, uh, 
No, UConn is finally going to be coming to the Big East. Finally getting out of that stupid American conference. They'll finally drop football and they are going back to the Big East. I'm so excited. It's 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 crazy. I'm the only one who cares about the Big East because you are all heartless drecks. But it's exciting that the Big East is finally getting back even marginally to what it used to be. In fact, there's also rumor that VCU may be joining the conference as well, which would make it even toastier. Oh, I'm just my my giblets are all moving around right now. I'm excited as hell for this. What about those poor football fans at UConn? They don't get a football team no more? Again? No, they're trash. No. <laughs> I'm just saying, the Big East right now has three teams that are ranked in the top 25. They've had a national title winner in Villanova. UConn will be there as well. They got UConn, Xavier, Seton Hall, Butler, St. John's, Creighton, Georgetown, if they finally stop fucking around. And... Again, because I need to mention it to represent Chi-Town, the DePaul Blue Devils finally may be ending their NCAA uh, drought. They've beaten three Power 5 teams so far. They've won at Iowa, at Minnesota, and at Boston College already. DePaul! What did you call... Are you sure? What? Blue Demons. Thank you. What? (laughs) Blue Demons. I'm pretty sure you took... I thought you said Blue Devils. I was too excited. I'm just so out. Oh, <laughs> new stadium, new them. Let's go, man. The Chicago may finally have a team in the NCAA tournament that could do some damage. Let's go. What are you talking about? You just had one. I disagree. Sister Jean is I not disagree. the rest they of us. I, Final oh. Four. DePaul, DePaul is my team. I don't care about Loyola Chicago. DePaul is my Chicago team. I saw them when they went with Scotty Reynolds when he was at Villanova. My dad and I saw a DePaul team that was hapless go to overtime and lose after a buzzer beater three against Jay Wright's Villanova team. That's when when Villanova finally, I was like, oh, man, they're actually kind of (laughs) good. Nobody cares, though. Everybody everybody doesn't want to talk about the Big East. That's fine. You, You are all haters. It's okay. Because it's never going to be the Big East it was. I disagree. It's looking like we may be back to good old times. Hey. Um, Somehow Michigan isn't what everyone says they are, but the Big East (laughs) is still the best conference in college basketball. Hey, it's a lot better than most of these Power Fives outside of the Big Ten and the ACC. The Big East has consistently been better than the SEC, Pac-12, and Big 12. Florida and Kentucky, baby. I'm just all, all, all I'm saying is that there have been multiple times where when they talk about mid majors, they do and not Auburn. talk about the Big East because the Big East is a power tier level conference because they have they have historical, storied, fantastic basketball programs well, with amazing on. players. The Big East is not a mid major. I'm aware of that. All I'm trying. Why to would say- they talk about the Big East when they're talking about mid majors? I'm saying they weren't. I know they weren't. They shouldn't. <laughs> this <laughs> is what I'm saying. Why would they? They're not a mid-major. Exactly. They are. Should be a more. What do you mean exactly? Conference. You're saying they should talk <laughs> about them. Like this. I'm just <laughs> trying to bring more respect. Like Marquette. Like Marquette. Okay. We got. We got. They don't talk about Michigan. Mr. doesn't make sense. Mr. Howard over here dropped 51. Marcus Howard, a guy that I touted up last year and was mocked for, he scored 50. 
one. He went crazy. Oh man, he he destroyed him, and it was against. Oh, Matt, be ready for this. Wait, who USC? Who who mocked you for Towton Howard? Uh, definitely, definitely multiples of you. You are Michigan State year. in a person, just putting your own chip <laughs> on the shoulder. <laughs> like, goddamn. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Y'all doubted me. <laughs> Didn't he get slapped by Ja? What do you mean? Sla- oh, see, there it is. Look at that. Look <laughs> yeah, at this. I'm just saying. Right in the NCAA yeah, tournament, John Moran <laughs> slapped him. Hey, you know what? And he got slapped in the, uh, what was it, the Orlando Invitational or whatever, the final. And then we have Miles Powell over in Seton Hall. He was tearing it up, almost beat Michigan State by himself. I'm just saying Big East basketball is going crazy. See, that's another tendency I don't want to see going that's, forward. That's the word almost. Like, yeah, but, yeah, but, that's, but, I, but I don't like that. I don't, I, that was like back-to-back games where like some dude just went off on us. Like, In the second half? Uh, the, the Kentucky dude, and then him. There's other dude yeah, from Georgia. From, uh, yeah. Well, and then dude, the dude from Georgia, Georgia also. Like yeah. 33 points so, in the second half. Like, I know we got a good defense generally, but we got one player going off for 35-plus against us continuously, that's a problem. Well, you just got to stop it's everybody. We're about to find out again tonight with the game against Duke. That's true. Because you know they got someone uh, that can do that. 30 and, 30 and 15. Yep, Vernon Carey is uh, very, very much more than oh, capable. Man, don't say that name. Yeah, Why are you farting. saying that name? Why are you saying that name? Well, I think that uh, n- now oh, that now that we've run our course, Requiem for the Big East has uh, come full fruition, alive and in charge. No, I just it's uh, it's on in my head every day. I always watch it when it's on because it's. I, hey, yeah, it, oh, oh, huh. I wonder why. I wonder why that's a. It's such a fantastic documentary about the best basketball conference of all time. But I swear, anyways. you and I have the same conversation every time we talk about the Big East, and you forget it every single freaking time. I'm on your side with the Big East. <laughs> It never feels that way. I'm always feeling the slight from all directions. If you're not uh, if you're not with me, you're against me. Mark D'Antonio, circa 2015. Anyways, uh, Ryan, you have a... Speaking you, of, uh, we're we going to talk about the, the Spartans bowl game? <laughs> oh, hell no. No, 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 no. Oh man, maybe that's what I'm saying. Bowl. Going to Yankee Stadium. Oh, hopefully, the quick lane bowl, though. Oh, you hey, you know, it's interesting. Where's the pinstripe bowl going to be at? The mecca of college basketball. Oh man, Gotham, New York City, the Big what? East is everywhere. Yankee <laughs> Stadium is definitely not the mecca of college basketball. Let's, dude, let's let's do this. Just New York all up in this bitch. I'm I'm excited. Whew. All right. Ryan, you have a question. Yeah, I got a few. But we got a, a pretty entertaining, it was entertaining for me, Slate, of course, because I picked them <laughs> all. So the first one that we have is uh, Carmen Thomas, who is the mother of Michigan defensive back Ambry Thomas, who has some pretty choice words about the Michigan fan base. She said in a tweet, Michigan has the worst fan base ever. You love the guys one minute, then they're trash. SMH, hashtag go blue, hashtag go Bree. Middle finger to all y'all. Oh, damn. <laughs> well, whose man's is this? Well, it definitely is not uh, basically anybody in the Michigan programs. Uh, she... She's not doing any favors by alienating her son like this, but she's absolutely right. Michigan is the most hated program in all of college sports for a reason. 
their smug ass stupidity mm. out of their fan base. And and to be fair, players like this, it's true. They turn immediately. Shea Patterson, we all know what Shea Patterson was going into Michigan. The Messiah, the greatest of all time. And look how they treat him now. Like, yeah. He's having shower thoughts. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, he went from that to, to questioning whether the dude needed to be in a mental asylum. Like, that's what Michigan is, and that's what they do. Stupid fans wrought stupid problems, and that's all it is. So, she's not the Michigan fans' mans, that's for sure. I mean, mom's definitely not doing her son any favors. Uh, but I, I, respect, I respect coming in hot like this. Uh, so, for this, yeah, she, this is my woman's, for sure. You coming in hot like this on your son's team fan base? I love it. I'm, I'm here for it. Fantastic. Good job, mom. Sorry, kid. <laughs> you ain't doing no favors by your mom in this one. But uh, she felt the need to protect. And uh, she came out with both guns blazing. Carmen Thomas, you beautiful woman. Michigan fans do suck. <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> the next that we have is I feel bad attributing it to this gentleman because I don't know if he's the one that broke the story, but I'm pretty sure he is. Uh, So Mark Stein, NBA reporter, said the NBA is considering adding in an in-season tournament where the winning team of that tournament would get an extra draft pick. The what? Yeah, exactly. Whose man's? (laughs) What? Whose man's is this? Nobody's. Not Mark Stein, but the report. This dumb assness. This is the NBA trying to overcorrect and try to be like woke or straightforward or progressive or whatever the hell they think they're doing. But no, this is dumb as hell. Okay, so let's. So NBA only has two rounds. So adding. A what? Th- oh, two rounds. Yeah. Of the draft. <laughs> so I thought the same thing. <laughs> I'm assuming. So they're they're getting they're getting a 61st pick. Essentially. They're that, not gonna uh, take away a draft pick so from someone I, else. I saw a lot of I saw a lot of the media act like it was an extra first round pick. Well, and that I did Jesus. not see in the original tweet. That's, that's rough, man. So th- you'd get but the you, sixty so you'd probably get one at the end you'd of the first round. You'd get the sixty first pick. Maybe even but it'd be within pick. the first thirty, so you get to go an extra time. So someone else is ending up with the sixty first I mean, yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah, you would get an extra pick. But I don't know if it'd be in the lottery, if it'd be like at the very end of the first round. See I wonder if it's interesting if you make it for the lottery. Interesting enough. I like the idea. Yeah, two lottery. It's not quite right. I like the idea, though. Like, But you got to make it worth it. If you're going to throw this random-ass tournament in the middle of the season How into you it, like you got to make it really worth it. And I don't – you got the draft pick. If it's a certain spot, top 10, that's worth it, I think. Top five, definitely worth it. That'd be interesting as hell. I mean, I – I don't want to see it. I think the in-season tournament idea is stupid. At the end of the day, it's not going to define any of the players' careers. So you look at the college tournaments, right? Like the Battle for Atlantis, the Maui Invitational. It's cool to win at the moment, but next year, no one's going to say, oh, man, you remember Xavier Simpson, uh, MVP of the Battle for Atlantis tournament in 2019. Yeah, does it count, like, does it count not, in their 82 games? Like, it's, not, it's not going to matter. Or is it a separate set of games from their 82 games? a great question i don't know it seems stupid either way because like what are you doing well i mean here's here's what whole thing because if you set it up like an extended all-star weekend idea where it's like a a thursday to monday affair where the tournament's played in those five days you know i remember teams and it's a destination kind of thing 
where you bring the family, you go for the long trip, and, you know, catch all these games that you want. Like, there's appeal to it if they do it right. But it just sounds weird as hell. Make the, <laughs> I don't... I mean, but if the better if the better teams take it serious, you're just going to make them better. Like, if, the, if they did this two years ago, right, and the Warriors just run through the in-season tournament, then now you're just giving them an extra asset. Ah! Along with Steph, Katie, so, Clay. So you make it, you got to be a bottom half of the team. Super teams. Bottom half of the league team. Maybe, the but if you're doing it in season, you don't know who's in the lottery yet. Regardless, the next one we have, because we spent too much time on it, and it just makes me mad <laughs> talking about it, is uh, Bill Simmons, who said on his newest book of basketball, which dropped yesterday, it was uh, the Dirk Nowitzki Pyramid Podcast. He said Dirk Nowitzki is a top five forward of all time, power and small. Uh... That's uh, that's gonna be Mark Cuban's man's and mine. I agree. I think that Dirk has one of the biggest rebounds that will go unstated, partially because he is a champion now, but he was dangerously close to being one of the more disgraced stars in the sport after how his team lost to the Golden State Warriors in two thousand six, right? Six, seven, seven, six. They lost to the uh, no, the okay, so 2007. Yeah, seven, my, my bad, yeah. 71 MVP. But everybody, nobody, nobody defines Dirk by that anymore because he had a one, a, one of the best NBA finals I've ever seen a player have. 2011, he just took it, took it over. So, uh, that's my man's. I would definitely say that Dirk is up there, man. I mean, you're talking about Bird, LeBron, KD. Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, he has Tim Duncan. Barkley and Malone. Uh, I mean, there's a. Does Dirk belong? Absolutely. I, I can say this is my man's. Dirk belongs. I don't know if he's top five, but he's absolutely in the argument. He's, t- d- defensively, he's, he's he, defensively, he's a liability. <laughs> Offensively, he was spectacular and changed the game in a lot of ways and added a shot repertoire that we didn't really see before that we're seeing plenty of since. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of arguments for Dirk, but I don't know if I'm taking him over Charles Barkley, Tim Duncan, LeBron, definitely not LeBron James, definitely not Larry Bird. Pro- I don't know about KD. That's a good argument, but probably still taking KD. <laughs> no. Like, there's some forwards out there. Argument, which um, is, is not a good argument, which is why oh. it's not my man's. Because you, you had the guys you mentioned before, LeBron, uh, KD, Larry Legend, and then obviously you have for uh, for me anyway Tim Duncan, right? Of course, and then uh, Kevin Garnett is a better player than Dirk oh. Nowitzki too, and that's five right. Dirk there. doesn't play defense. The next one that we have, the next one that we have, and they both have uh, same number of titles, baby. MVP as well. Kevin Garnett's so goddamn underrated. <laughs> next one is Jason Whitlock. I don't know his stance on Kevin Garnett, but I do know his stance on Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jason Whitlock said that Mike Tomlin should be the coach of the year in the NFL for the job that he's done with the Steelers. I, the 7-5 and five I don't like Jason Whitlock whatsoever, but it's absolutely true. He's on his like third or fourth string quarterback now. The A-B thing, he lost James Conner, and he lost Le'Veon, like... What more does this dude have to have for adversity in order for people to finally just see that, you know, maybe he's solid. And this also is my man's because this also perpetuates what I think, which is Ben Roethlisberger is the reason the Steelers haven't moved forward. I think Roethlisberger's holding them back and they got to move on. 
No, not my man's. Good job, Tomlin. But I mean, I'm sorry. You're, you're you're hovering around 600 when you do have talent on this team. Yes, the quarterback position has been a little crazy all of a sudden, but there was talent on this team that was expected to do a lot before Ben Roethlisberger went down. Uh, doing a decent job, but you're a game above 500. I'm sorry. I'm not. Decent no, job. not for coach of the year. I've, I've never heard the phrase hovering around 600, but I do love it. Uh, the only reason that I'll say uh, not my man's, not understand where he's coming from, is, dude, there's still four games left. Like, there's a very good chance that they miss the playoffs and they finish like 8-8. Eight and eight. Or lose and all the next four if it's a losing yeah, record. Eight and eight isn't ever... Even if they're 8-8, eight and eight, like, are we not considering context right now? Come on. Mm. No. I mean, you called the Dolphins the worst team of all time. They I, have three wins. Did you I think said, the Steelers were a 5 I said they team? had the worst no. roster, but I, I was not with Paul on his bed. I thought it was stupid. Uh-huh. Even though you're room for me to fail. <laughs> I it in chat. The next I is all I, I, all Mike Grew. Mike Greenberg of uh, ESPN oh, fame I, and Mike Valeni hey, <laughs> said that the NFL should pull the Lions off of Thanksgiving Day. Uh, all right. <laughs> This is fresh for us because Mike Valeni took it upon himself in order to make Mike Greenberg just, I don't know what it is. I, I, I've never heard a person speak on somebody else like that. I've, I haven't even done that before. And I, I've trashed people like Matt Painter. Someone that they don't yeah, right, know. Like, <laughs> he, he, went, he went at this dude. Like what he, he doesn't have some like. He's not like Bob Knight or Charles Barkley where there's a bunch of right. stories. Right, it was like Mike Greenberg de- de- shouldn't even exist. And it's like, dude, Jesus, all right, relax. Uh, but uh, not my mans. Uh, you can't take that one thing away from the Lions. If anything, what the NFL should do is they should leverage the Thanksgiving Day game against the Fords. Sell the team or you're losing the game. Use it for that. I'm all for it. But just to pull it just because they're bad? Yeah, fuck you, dude. Okay, they literally do this every Thanksgiving or every other Thanksgiving where they say this because the Lions are it's so true. bad. They lose all the time, blah, blah, blah. But this was a good game. They put up a fight this this uh, Thanksgiving. They were, it was a better good. game than the Cowboys-Bills game was. We weren't the worst game by any by any means. It was a good game. It was a de- I mean, look, for what we had, decimated stuff, Nine it was, it was an entertaining game. It was, I've, I've seen much worse on Thanksgiving before. And I thought, I thought it was still a better game than what we saw out of the Cowboys and the Bills. So this year, I don't see the argument outside of the fact that they lost because they always lose on Thanksgiving. But that's a Thanksgiving tradition. It's not my man's. I like being one of the only teams that plays. And on we started it. Thanksgiving, but but goddamn, they sure do lose a lot. Yes, but we started the damn thing. So who the hell are they to take it away from us? We're the first team to do it. Lions started speaking it. Speaking of losing. Speaking of losing. ESPN High Noon co-host Bomani Jones says that if Alabama goes 10-2 and two next year with a loss to Auburn, Nick Saban will be on the hot seat. Ooh, not in the way – he'll be on the hot seat in the same way Jim is, where the fans are going to get all pissed off and be like, hey, man, come on, we need better, blah, blah, blah. But he's not going to get fired. Alabama's not going to fire him. But at the same time, I do think that uh, Dabo is going to be – Somebody that they'll fight, start opining for. So, if the Alabama Crimson Tide lose two games next year and lose to the Auburn Tigers, Nick Saban gonna be on the hot seat. Why'd you talk like a Southern person? Damn, I wish we had someone that could sound like the Jones. Because it's Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not my man's. I'm sorry. This man has won too many national championships in the last decade to be on the hot seat with a double-digit win record. Still, no way. 
as my man's. I ride for Bomani. I love Bomani. And that would be the third game. That would be the third game in four years that they lost to Auburn. And I do not think Alabama fans take oh, too Oh, you mean because that. of the god the Bo Nix? Let's go. Let's go. The legend grows. The legend of Bo The Nicks. next one. Lions head coach Matt Patricia. Speaking of Thanksgiving a little bit ago. So we're going to leave the door open on a Matthew Stafford return. God, kill me now. <laughs> so it's not y'all's mans. Uh, Jesus. I don't even want to talk about this. This is so sad. He should have been on IR three weeks ago. Uh, return for what? The hell are you? Re- uh, because he loves football. We are already a eliminated from playoff contention. What are you returning for? Why are you risking that? You are out of your damn mind. Stay home. Take care of your wife. Like, no, man. Heal up. Be ready for next oh, year so you can lead us to an 8-8 eight and eight season. No, if you're a goddamn coach or leader in any aspect, how the fuck could you put Matthew Stafford back on the field? <laughs> Literally, out of everything that I've ever seen with the Lions franchise in my lifetime this might actually be the single dumbest move if matthew stafford is on the field again in shoulder pads <laughs> that's all we have for who's man because uh, anything else i was just gonna start breaking my little christmas no, no. <laughs> take that santa <laughs> Goddamn right well matt patricia looks enough like santa <laughs> fat ass, fat bearded ass Shit. Uh, all right so bad uh, Ryan, I was really pulling for your 11-5, and five too. I mean, I really was. So, didn't believe that, it for that a, is a didn't, That's a straight Didn't believe lie. it for a split he second. Was, no, oh, no, absolutely not. I'm rooting for that every year. Yeah, I, do I not have reason? I'm just saying, my Bears. No, pick them again next year. My, my, my Bears predictions looking pretty, looking closer and closer. Hey. Hey. Closer and closer to what? I said that they were going to be either 10-6 and six or 9-7 and seven and look like shit. <laughs> Oh, I don't, I don't think they're getting close to 9-7. They're 6-6 and six and six. right now, which is actually more – it's more wins than I thought they had. But they did get to play the Lions twice. So, all right. To the picks. So, we start with this Friday, the Pac-12 championship. Not as hyped as it would have been because ASU upset Oregon. ASU? Levi Stadium opened at a four-and-a-half Point favor for the Utes, gone to six and a half points. Let's go with the Oregon Ducks in this game for maximum college football playoff chaos. Not really chaos. It'll just make sure that Utah's fraud asses get out of there. It helps your Baylor Bears also. (laughs) That's right. Ducks and Bears, baby. Uh, The Utes are fantastic. Fantastic defense. (laughs) I hear a big butt coming. Huntley also. And Oregon are frauds, and I've been saying that since the uh, Red Box loser ass bowl, where they didn't even score double digits, and they're not going to do it against a Utah defense that is much better than our defense was last year. I should preface, I should rephrase: they will score double digits, but not by much. Uh, <laughs> I will take Utah. <laughs> so yeah, Utah with a touchdown favorite. Uh. Utah's had some explosive offense recently against some really bad teams, and I think Oregon's going to put them to the test in this one. And I can see Utah winning, but I don't know if they win by a touchdown, so I'll take the Ducks. Moving on to the Big 12 Championship at uh, Jerry World, I believe, AT&T Stadium. The Baylor Bears, ninth in the country. Oklahoma Sooners, seventh in the country. And the Sooners, who won the first round, are a nine-point favorite. 
Baylor should have won the first round. They get the revenge when it really matters in the Big 12, twi- Big 12 title game. <laughs> we got Tweety Bird. Tweety Bird. <laughs> right. But Matt Rule goes out with the Big 12 championship, college football playoff berth, and then he heads off to the NFL. Not a chance on your life. I taught you this once. I will teach you this again. Boomer Sooner. Jalen Hurts about to tap that ass all the way to Didn't the Didn't they Sugar cover Bowl. last time? I don't remember who covered last time. Did Oklahoma cover last time? Yes, they did, you fools. And I told you they would. Oh, uh, yeah, after the refs helped them. Oh, I remember now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you uh, don't blow a 21-point lead and then the refs blew it. Uh, yes, you do. That's exactly how it happened. The refs gave them extended plays, helped them tremendously in that comeback. Anyway, not the point. Uh, this time around, Baylor is not at home, and I think that's going to matter. So I will go with the Sooners. Hey, uh, moving on to the oh, who gives a crap championship? Uh, Cincinnati and Memphis. <laughs> I was waiting for Dylan's head to explode. Uh, the the Tigers are a nine and a half point favorite over the Bearcats. Uh, a rematch from last week's game where Memphis <laughs> won by 10. Right. And they were favored by 11. So this time they're only going to win by nine, which means Cincinnati is going to cover once again. I, I was wrong the first time. I won't do it again. I'm sorry, Norvell. You are going to pull it, pull it off. Memphis is going to be playing their way into a New Year's Six Bowl Cotton Bowl, potentially against Baylor. This is some bullshit. It's in Memphis. Yep. Why is it in Memphis? Well, I mean, that's predetermined. <laughs> it's not that's like, some hey. bullshit. It's like all the bowl games being in the South and starring SEC like if, and ACC If teams. Indiana ever gets to go to the Big Ten Championship. Right. <laughs> I could just change it. Uh... Yeah, I like the Bearcats in this rematch. Um, I went with the Bearcats last week to cover and got lucky, and they did. And here we hope for again. So give me Cincinnati. And the overhyped championship of the SEC. The LSU Tigers and the Georgia Bulldogs. The Tigers are seven-point favorites, and this is being played, I believe, in Atlanta at the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium that the Falcons play at, not the one that the New Orleans Saints play at. Mercedes-Benz got their logo on everything. This year. That's Damn. definitely, yeah. I mean, because one <laughs> is called the Superdome, so. It's the Mercedes-Benz Superdome now. All right. And two, <laughs> it's the Mecca of college football, which is why it's being played. Oh, hey. Hey. But it does bam, not bam. matter that this game is in Atlanta, at least not for Georgia. LSU is going to open a big old can of whoop-ass and knock Georgia right out of the playoffs. It is the Georgia way. For them to play up in this game and still lose. I don't trust Jake Fromm as far as I can throw him. There's going to be so many points scored in this game. I'm going to take Georgia to at least cover. LSU's looking like the team this year, at least as far as the South is concerned. Uh, I can't go against them this week against Georgia. Georgia's looked too iffy at times, and I haven't seen that from LSU. i got to roll with the Tigers in this one. And then last but not least, the Big Ten Championship, where shocker, it's the Ohio State Buckeyes, by the way. Ryan, I want to shake your hand through the internet. You and I, we called this championship down to a T. hand emojis. The Ohio State Buckeyes taking on the Wisconsin Badgers for the Big Ten Championship, just like Ryan and I told you back in August. Uh, What a risk of an opinion. uh, With Wisconsin, it was. They were not good last year. Don't act like it wasn't. 
The Buckeyes are 16-point favorites over a team they already smacked around about a month and a half, two months ago. Yeah, they're going to uh, smack them around again because <laughs> they know they know LSU is about to smack them around, and they'll have that information at the time. And Ohio State definitely wants that number one seed to avoid Clemson in the first round. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you all out with something. I believe this is the third or the fourth time that these two teams have met in the Big Ten title game. So no, 52 to nothing? A- it was 52 not to nothing? a risk. It was not a risk that you two are sitting well, there saying Well, we'd rather happen. be right than shocking over there, Glenn. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah, how'd your Iowa Hawkeyes do being the best team in the Big Ten? They were one game out. Get the shit out of Get here. Get his ass. They, had, they were six points away on the road from being in this spot, so piss the fuck off. <laughs> I will take Wisconsin. Still not the best yeah, team in the Big close. Ten. You said I, the wait. best team in the Big Ten. Not the Big Ten West. The Big Ten. Y'all are f- when Anyways, we didn't know I'm, how good Ohio State was going to be, you were all in that Hawkeye ass. Hey, and I would take the Hawkeyes. At, no, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing. It's the Buckeyes through and through. Let's let's move on. Uh, you got to think Wisconsin learned something. Nope. Facing these you guys don't. one time around, right? No, yeah, no, yeah, no. we can't fucking beat them. <laughs> right. <laughs> like figured right. out some way to, to get Taylor involved more in that defense to stop that offense. No, <laughs> well, no. Same right. thing with as it was with LSU. Ohio State's just been rolling. All year long, they haven't let up, and I don't see how Wisconsin stops them uh, this weekend. So uh, it's a clean sweep for the Buckeyes. Uh, moving on to Michigan the guys State's that get paid to do this. Michigan State's record of what? Uh, being the only Big Ten team to win every single one of their games by double digits. Because Ohio State only won by a touchdown against Penn State. That's not true. They won 28-17. to 17. It's still only nine. No, wait, no, that's 11. That's 11. No, I thought they only won dyslexic. Ohio State won every single game this year by double digits. Oh, so then, okay, so they'll be the first team since 2013 Michigan State. Who did it first? And and their second uh, closest margin of victory was 24, FAU and Michigan State. And one of those teams is going to be playing for a national championship. The other is not. Uh, Moving on to the guys who get paid to play. And our woeful Detroit Lions travel up to the frozen, more frozen than Wisconsin tundra, Minnesota. The Vikings, 13-point favorite. Uh, Anyone actually taking the Lions in this one? Yeah, why not? 13 so fucking much. (laughs) No. I understand they have David Blau, but goddamn. Uh, No, David Blau's on IR. No, not David Blau. The other guy's on IR. Blau's playing. No, Blau's, Blau's playing. IR. No, he's Are not. You, I Valenny just said it today that he was on IR. Well, he lied. Yeah, um, he got the wrong quarterback because it's not Blau. It's whoever Stafford's backup was. Oh, so uh, what's Forget his, his name. Driscoll, baby. Guy who played the first Bears game. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Driscoll. Driscoll, thank you. Driscoll to the IR. Okay, yeah. He yeah, Driscoll's the IR. My Blau's bad, playing. my bad, my bad. All right, well, Ryan, you go on the Lions. Crazy. <laughs> I sure, <laughs> I sure shit am not because Minnesota actually played pretty decently in a really bad spot, and they will be out for blood. So I will take Minnesota. Uh, yeah, going with the Vikings in this one. Um, yeah, they'll win by two touchdowns. All right, the current MVP favorite, Ryan's own Lamar Action Jackson. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Baltimore Ravens are five-and-a-half-point road favorites. It's actually opened at seven. And it's dropped. There's some money coming in, Dylan, for your Buffalo Bills. Hey, hey, hey. 
this matchup would be way more exciting if Dylan still hated Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dead ass, dude. I still love Josh Allen. But Lamar didn't get it done for me last game. He will resurrect himself this game with the fraud-ass Buffalo Bills not being able to keep it Fraud within ass. six points. Nine and three. Let's go, Lamar. Let's go, Ravens. Let's go the real coach of the year over there, Jason Whitlock. John Harbaugh, the good Harbaugh. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Going, in, going into this, this entire pick segment, I had the Ravens covering. But you know what, Ryan? For that slight, <laughs> the Bills Mafia and Josh Allen, the MVP of my heart, the Cowboy himself, running and gunning, give me the Buffalo Bison, Buffalo's Lamar. Bills. Let's go. Lamar's going to throw 10 black snow angels <laughs> into the end zones of Buffalo. No, Lamar's going to run for about 170 yards, though, and that's why I think Baltimore is about to roll this one. Oh, big so bat. I that will go with the Ravens. Meanwhile, a battle of two 10-win teams down here in the Big Easy. The surprise San Francisco 49ers traveling to face Drew Brees the best quarterback in the NFC, <clears throat> and the New Orleans Saints, who are three-point favorites at home. Well, Drew Brees never tapped the ball for an interception <laughs> on Monday Night Football. I just slide. don't like the Niners enough, even though they covered against Lamar last week. Yeah, Give me New like Orleans. Fraud, they do look a- like frauds. Fraud asses lost again. Lost all the best teams they played. Let's go New Orleans. I'll be honest, this is a tough-ass spot. They got three straight weeks where they played against Green Bay, then they played against Baltimore, and now New Orleans. This is going to be a letdown because they played as good as they could have in that game except for Justin Tucker having the superstar Madden 20 syndrome where he couldn't miss anything. Um, I'm going to pick New Orleans here in a letdown spot for San Fran. San Fran's still the better team, but I'll take New Orleans. Oh, no. No, 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 no. They are not the better team. What are you talking <laughs> no, about? No, they are no. not the better team. Not overall. Maybe the better defense, but not the better team. And the New Orleans Saints are the better team. And now is about the time. We in December, it's winning time, and it's time to lock up that number one seed in the NFC. So let's go Breeze and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, ooh, ooh. Rematch of last year's AFC Championship Afternoon game in New England, in Foxborough. The Kansas City Chiefs come in as three-point dogs to a man who is pretending to be Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. <laughs> I I got a sneaky suspicion that the Chiefs, or they're saying that, like seven and four or something like that. Uh, they're they're getting a little bit of a little bit pooped on in the media for not, you know, being 11 and 1 like some of the or 10 and 2 like some of these other teams are. I think Kansas City actually uh, goes out to New England and wins outright on Sunday. The cracks are starting to show for New England and anybody who knows betting knows that Vegas gives a 3-point advantage to the home team in the NFL just off the bat. So they're telling you that New England being at home is the only reason why they're favored. If this were in Kansas City, they would not be. So I will take the Chiefs. Yeah, this is a tough spot because Tom Brady's O-line is a bracketed fit piece here O-line. He does not have receivers right now. Um, He's got bad numbers and doesn't look good for him. And if the defense doesn't carry in this team, uh, 
they aren't winning and the defense has looked great except for two games and now you got what's supposedly one of the best offenses in football coming at you uh that's a tough spot to pick the pats which is why i'm gonna pick the pats <laughs> uh, you're stupid didn't know that uh, last but not least, Sunday night football, I believe. Oh, it's Sunday, Sunday night. <laughs> and we got Oakland, an NFC West battle. 62 win over Western. <laughs> what, uh, what most of us would have figured to start the season would have been a battle for who's going to lead the <laughs> NFC West. It's uh, actually the Rams who are disappointing everybody this season. At home, hosting the Seahawks. The Birds, open as a three-point favorite, are now down to a one-point favorite. So this is the traditional game that the Rams have to have to kind of keep pace and be in the playoffs. But Seattle also has something to fight for, uh, being that they're still very much in contention for the number one seed in the NFC. And then obviously one of the teams, San Francisco or New Orleans, is also going to lose this week. So I'm going to take Seattle in this game just because I do think they have the better team. And them fighting for the number one seed is going to cancel out the cliche of the Rams needing this victory. I mean, I got to tell you right now, Russell Wilson is going to be winning the MVP because he has been insane and showed it again what would be last night for us. And I am not going to take that slander sitting down, Matt. So the Seattle Seahawks are going to take it out on your hometown team, this L.A. Rams garbage of an NFL team. I didn't say that. I said hometown. And you know what they're going to do? Because you want to sit there and say a 40-year-old jackass is somehow better than Russell Wilson. No, You talk to your wife like that about Drew Brees? I'll tell you right now, the Seahawks are going to win by double digits, my guy. Spoiler alert! Let's go, Kaka! Well, I agree with you on one thing. The Seahawks are going to beat the ever-living crap out of the Rams. But that's about it. Uh, Paul chimed in at the end here with his picks, so we should at least throw them out there for everyone. Disagree, Um, okay. He's rolling with Oregon over Utah, Baylor over Oklahoma, Memphis over Cincy, Georgia over LSU, Ohio State over Wisconsin, Rolling with the Lions, freaking idiots. Baltimore over Buffalo, San Fran over New Orleans, New England over Kansas City, and the Rams over the Seahawks. This man has been drinking. Okay. Well, I mean, Don did his too, so he might as well throw his up. It's in regular shit. Oh, well. Don Drysdale went with Utah over Oregon, Baylor over Oklahoma, Cincy over Memphis, LSU over Georgia, Whiskey pulling the upset over the Ohio State Buckeyes, or at least getting inside that 16 points. Oh, um... Minnesota over Detroit, Baltimore over Buffalo, San Fran over New Orleans, New England over KC, and Seattle over the Rams. Ryan, do the thing. Yay, 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 yay. <laughs> so, what aside from everybody getting some Cyber Monday Lamar Jackson jerseys on fantastic deals <laughs> and your new Carmelo Anthony Blazers jersey that you should be asking <laughs> for Christmas, no, go ahead and follow us on Twitter uh, at Sports Carnage, on Facebook, Sports Carnage Podcast. You can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast, except for Spotify, so don't check there. But Apple Podcasts, Podbean, just type our name into Google, uh, YouTube as well. Find all of our thoughts everywhere you want, and even the places that you don't, because we're coming for you, baby. Reviewer number 11 on Apple Podcasts, I appreciate you. We finally got another one after like two weeks. Keep them coming. Uh. All right. Well, for Dylan Bear, for Ryan Griffin, for the absent Paul Roshan, I'm Matt Bass, and we are Sports Carnage. Thank you for spending another hour plus with us, and we'll talk to you all next week.